Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited today because the electrician just left and I have been working all weekend getting back into my office. It has been almost nine months since I've been back up here. So I'm super excited to be recording in my office today. I'm not all moved in yet, but the floors are in, the cabinets are in, the the lights are in, I have walls. This is awesome, I'm super excited. So that's how I'm starting the morning, I'm just pumped. What I wanna talk about today is walking shoulder to shoulder. Hopefully, you are plugged in with a healthy group of other women from a local church, ideally. Or maybe you are even connected with a Christian women's group in another capacity, like another independent organization or a MOPS or a Bible study. Something where you can get to know each other well across generations. You can pray together. You can count on one another or call each other when needed. They are fun to be with. That is the ideal situation. But not all of us find ourselves with this luxury or really blessing. It is a blessing. Not too many years ago, I served as the women's ministry director for a church in Central Texas. Within the first few months, we identified our major need to be in this area. We simply didn't know each other. With multiple services and classes utilizing various locations, meeting on and off campus, we simply didn't have these genuine relationships outside our small areas of service or small mixed groups of male and females. And we certainly didn't cross generations. It became my responsibility to find a workable solution. And because I understood the need, I had the need, I really wanted to find one. Frankly, the task was too daunting. It seemed impossible to solve. Isolated programs had been put forth before, and they brought groups of people together for a season. But then that program or study would end, and we would all go back to our lonely corners of not really knowing anyone again. So I began to pray. And In a matter of months, I would say God planted an idea originating from a verse in scripture that blossomed in my mind into something that became shoulder to shoulder. What I have found as I have since left that position in that particular congregation due to our move, this is a common issue in our culture and how we structure even the American church today. But what we tried was so successful in meeting those needs and has carried on as I stepped out of the picture and the other administrative partner I had has stepped out over the years that I wanted to share it in this format first, giving you just a brief overview and then I want to make it available as a tangible resource for you and your church or your group or your neighborhood or whatever organization you are a part of. Now the backstory goes like this. I was actually in another study on something completely different when I heard the presenter call out Zephaniah 3.9. 
she was talking about holding hands in a circle or something and then my thoughts moved from whatever she was saying towards my problem. There was something about that particular verse that intrigued me. So when I got home, I just couldn't stop thinking about it and I looked further. Zephaniah 3, 9 says, Then I will purify the lips of the peoples that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. I just couldn't shake it. I investigated in some study this idea of shoulder to shoulder literally means with one shoulder, under one yoke. Uh, the Vulgate says, humero uno, which I think carries a lot of gravitas. Are you in a humero uno grouping? But I think shoulder to shoulder works better for us. The meaning implies, according to a couple of commentaries I spent a lot of time in, the pulpit commentary and the Gill's exposition of the entire Bible says that all will help to carry the same burden and to accomplish the same work. And the commentators continue by saying that the phrase signifies that the Gentiles having the gospel brought to them and they called by it should do these things. Join in fellowship with one another and sing praises to God together. Agree in prayer to ask God the same things. Stand fast in the faith of the gospel and strive for it, being of the same mind, meeting together to carry on the branches of religious worship and to promote the Redeemer's interest, all sort of drawing the same direction. And the picture that was given was of a chariot being pulled with a team of horses. They're all going in the same direction. They're all going for the same purpose with having one heart, one mind, one way so that they may glorify God. These scholarly writers emphasize that the language that was used in the text would have been very applicable for the people hearing it at the time that it was written, but it's also applicable for the reader today. So I began to think, if this is true, then what could it look like for women who seem to be isolated within the body? who are not joined in fellowship with one another. Not, not really. We have acquaintances. We have bukus of acquaintances, but we're not joined in fellowship. Not, not at this kind of level. What if it's true that there are women who are not agreeing in prayer to ask God for the same things, who are not standing fast in the faith of the gospel, striving for it, being of one mind, who are not meeting together to carry on worship or to promote the Redeemer's interest, having one heart. We're doing it across generations. So I began to think about this. Somehow we need to find a solution for getting women together in a way that meets these objectives that's not a Bible study, although that is a necessary piece of the process. I'm, I'm all for Bible study. I write Bible study. But it's also not simply social something that bridges across generations and is not exclusive, but God-glorifying. It also needs to fit into the life of today's women. What worked 20 years ago will not necessarily work today. Aspects of it may, but we need to be willing to stay gospel-focused, but maybe change the methodology and how we accomplish that goal. The solution seemed to me, after praying through this and thinking through it, to create intergenerational groups that meet once per month, utilizing spiritually mature leadership already present within your organization. I'll give you the nitty gritty in just a minute, but the purpose of Shoulder to Shoulder, as we determined it, is to provide a place where women can grow in their walk with God through encouraging encounters with other women across generations in the name of the gospel, developing friendships through prayer, fellowship, 
and meaningful discussions for the purpose of promoting the Redeemer's interest. Now, let me briefly tell you how it works so that you can think about it and pray over it, whether this might be something you or someone you know might be interested in. The first thing you will want to do is identify your need. How many women do you think will want to participate in something like shoulder to shoulder? What is your need? Maybe you're in a situation where there's not a need. Everybody is connected. More than likely, that's not the case. You will want to be creating groups of about eight. You can go as small as six or as large as 12, but I would recommend staying within those margins. You can always start another group if you grow too much. Then you need to identify your leadership. What women, and we utilized our elders and deacons wives, leaders that were already present who could facilitate well. Who do you know that's a good facilitator? That may determine how many groups you can handle. If you're thinking about your neighborhood or some other entity, you'll want to find spiritual maturity for this role coupled with hospitality. Spiritual maturity with hospitality. These are the key abilities you're really looking for in someone to lead. Once you have an idea about how many group leaders are interested, you're ready to invite the masses. So then you're going to throw out the invitation or you're going to go personally invite people in your neighborhood or your group, tell them about it. Encourage women to sign up for a certain time frame. You want them to make a commitment like six months or the school year or a year and put them in groups once you have whoever wants to participate. You've given them time to sign up and then you want to structure your groups so that your generations are mixed so that you have different timetables represented. Again, this is just an overview, all right? So I must say, I could not have accomplished this aspect of the work without the help of someone else with the spiritual gift of administration for a large population. I get bogged down in all the spreadsheets, the lists, the endless details, while my right-hand gal seemed to thrive within it. Michelle could always figure out the better way to organize it. And she just did it. When she had a problem, she came to me and we solved it. If you're looking at a large number of individuals and administration is not your gifting, find yourself someone like my friend Michelle and don't let her quit. And then the last thing you're gonna do is basically set the date. Now, what do you do at these shoulder to shoulder gatherings? Your leaders are gonna need some direction in the beginning. You're gonna set the tone and what your expectations are. And then you're basically gonna set them free to operate how they want to design their group as they go month to month, but you're gonna wanna check in with them to make sure they have the support that they need. Typically, each group decides when and where they gather. My favorite place is a home. I highly discourage you from going to a movie. I don't care what kind of movie it is or anything like that. If you wanna get together outside of your monthly gathering event, fine, but do not make this a substitution. Remember the purpose. It needs to be a place where you can pray and share and get to know one another. And it's hard to do that when you're having to sit in silence. The other element is the devotional time. Because each gathering is to be focused, we wanted to help the facilitators with a focused common thread and challenging discussion questions, but make sure the times were not overwhelmed with too much Bible study. We also wanted the group leaders to be able to focus on their group not on preparing material. Since my calling and my propensity leans toward the writing elements, that's where I settled. I generated a page, page and a half devotional 
on a verse or two for the leaders to share with their groups and their own personalities, however they chose to do that. And then I provided about three to five discussion questions, depending on what the passage was. The devotional time is not the emphasis of the time together. It's only one facet. This should not dominate the evening, but it should help focus the discussions and keep the meeting together purposeful. Having a common thread running across groups is also helpful if you have several groups operating or you need to make a change from one group to another. What's the time frame? If you're going to eat dinner together or something like that, I would expect a group to meet for about an hour and a half to two hours. That gives you plenty of time to get all those things done. Now, those are the basics. If you're thinking, I really wanna do this and I really think our women's ministry would love this, absolutely. I'm here to help. We are working hard toward getting this in a publishable format with a year of devotionals, discussion questions, get to know you helps, even recipes. Basically, everything you would need for a successful first season, if you will, to set up a shoulder-to-shoulder intergenerational ministry among women. I'm sort of jealous for the women in the body of Christ to function together, especially with those in their own fellowship rather than in isolation. But God may direct you to use this in another capacity. He may be calling you to the women in your neighborhood or your work environment or some other sphere of influence God may open up for you. Who knows? My prayer is that He uses you and uses me to help women grow in their walk with God across generations in the name of the gospel. That we together, developing friendships through prayer, fellowship, meaningful discussions for the purpose of promoting the Redeemer's interests, eradicate the isolation so many of us experience within the body of Christ. We plan to be able to make this available to you by midsummer. It's May right now, so we plan to have it ready by midsummer so that you can have your group set up and ready to go by the fall. If this sounds like something you or someone you know would be interested in learning more about, please don't hesitate to contact me at info at sheyearns.com or through the social media outlets or my website at sheyearns.com. Any way you can contact me will work. We would love to see you through this. Please, please share it with anyone you think might benefit from it. And may God richly bless his work. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.